Welcome to the Layer of Secrets podcast, the podcast about gaming and being a geek dad by two middle-aged geek dads. I'm Ken Newquist, and I've been exploring strange new worlds, meeting new civilizations, and then blowing them up into oh so many little bricks. And pips. <laughs> lots of pips. And I am David Moore, and I've been enjoying summer, other than needing to buy a new car in our wonderful, uh, what is it, uh, supply chain issue era. Um, but it's a good car. It's a good car. How have, uh, how have, you you mentioned bricks. How have things been going? Oh, uh, most excellent. Because I, we, I think we talked a little bit about this before. Um, Lego Star Wars. And, uh, you know, there's a new version of it that came out. And I was a little hesitant to pick it up because my initial impression when they were announcing a new Lego Star Wars, that it was just going to be like a reissue of all of the previous Lego Star Wars that have previously come out. And mm-hmm. I might have still gotten that because I played the heck out of the original games with my kids when they were little. Um, particularly my daughter. I remember she was <laughs> she was somewhat terrified of the Emperor. So whenever we did Return of the Jedi, uh, she would run out of the room and make me fight the Emperor by myself and then only come in after he'd been defeated because of his evil cackling laugh. Nice. Um, and so I was just expecting a remaster, but it's actually all new content. It's the Skywalker uh, saga. So it's all nine of the, the movies that came out. Um, I think there's DLC for The Mandalorian and maybe Rogue One. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Um, it's cool. It's got like, you know, your classic Lego fun, uh, lots of Star Wars in-jokes, um, and really just oh so much nostalgia for me and my son and my daughter. Like right. my son and I were playing it on vacation, and um, he was just going around beating up everything and then repeatedly hitting me with a lightsaber and breaking me into little bricks because that's what he did when he was five. <laughs> and apparently, although he is almost 16, uh, this is I, his go-to move. So I mean... <laughs> It's still fun, right? You know, it, it is, to do it's still fun. That. I can't fault him. Yeah, I I have been playing. I played for a little while with with uh, with Tegan, with my youngest, and uh, I think I had mentioned it before. But yeah, I was. We were both glad that it was new content. Um, we didn't play yes. all of the Star Wars stuff, but I like what they've done with it so far. Um, although when we get when I get to it, uh, we we have we did not go back to it yet. Because uh, we found a different game that we that we uh, we've been enjoying. Cool. So I've also been watching a lot of Star Trek. Uh, so Star Trek: Strange New Worlds came out, um, which yes, is the continuing did. mission of the Starship Enterprise, but with Captain Pike. Yep. As a spinoff from Star Trek: Discovery season two, I think. Sounds yes. right. Yes. Um, I'm loving it. It's got all. It's, so what I'm loving most about it is just like it's got that baked in. Um, optimism that I really enjoy about Star Trek. I've talked about that before. Star Trek Beyond, I think, is probably my favorite of the new Star Trek movies, where they're just like working together and like the value of civilization and the value of collaboration and just like all of that. And that just kind of just continues to be like a core value of, of Strange New Worlds. So, and I love the the episodic nature of it. Like it's not um, cliffhangery. It's they're more self contained, like the original episodes, which is right. was a purposeful thing they did. There are some little things that are carrying over from from episode to episode, but there's character growth. by and large, yeah, there's definitely character growth, and it's cool. Like the, the characters they have in there, ruin it with spoilers, but it's good stuff. It's just yeah. it's fun. It looks great, uh, sounds great. I'm the really last episode I saw, um, which might be the episode that's out right now, but like the last episode I saw had a very original series um original series star trek to me um where they're meeting with an with a uh they're meeting with a an alien race that is not part of the federation and they have to uh 
convince they're trying to convince them to join the Federation. And they're like, why do we want to join it? Um, you know, they and they're looking to go to either the Klingons or the Romulans next to join their ah. their groups. Um, and it's less about the negotiations because um, everybody seems to get along fine. There's there's a puzzle to be solved by the crew, specifically Captain Pike in this case. But like, why like why aren't they joining? They, they've been in some discussions already to join the Federation, and it's always fallen apart. And like, this is the last gasp to possibly get them to join. And and Captain Pike has to try and figure out what is special about this these these negotiators and this culture that would convince them to join the Federation. And um, it had a very original series and, and a little bit of next generation thrown in there too. But um, yeah, I also like that. They're not, they aren't super, they don't, this series doesn't seem to be super hung up on uh, being 100% accurate to like, this is prior to the original series, Star Trek. Right. But like the technology and such like that seems more along the lines of uh, what you would see in the original story of Star Trek. But, it, but like with the special effects of well after um, yes, and definitely. the ability to do things like shape force fields and other things like that um, has a very uh, modern Star Trek feel. Yeah. And I, I like the, I think, so I haven't seen the episode you mentioned. The last one I saw inv involves the Gorn, which, uh, you know, we think that they get a little tease early on and mm -hmm. then it's, mm -hmm. it's a, they do some fun stuff. I mean, there's still like the, the Star Trek techno babble, but they had some fun with it, like playing around with the science of like exploring the atmosphere of a brown dwarf star and yep. like what happens when you get too close to a, like a, a, a black hole. And uh, it's, it's good stuff and it looks great. I mean, it's just, modern special effects i mean we're yeah. living in a golden age of star trek which is amazing but you mentioned next generation and so i watched like the episode of strange new worlds and then i was going to watch ready room uh which is like the after show that well wheaton hosts right and i, I fired really like it up that. and he's like I, I haven't really watched it that much i think i might might have watched one or two for discovery but any yeah. catholic you know i wanted to learn more right and so they fart so he starts firing it up he's like we're going to talk with you know the actor who portrays captain pike but first the season finale of picard season two and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> there's a season two <laughs> did mm -hmm. i miss that i missed mm -hmm. that i completely mm -hmm. missed that yep. i vaguely yep. remember our friends talking about picard and i was just thinking i had already watched season two and that i was waiting for season three so i was indeed waiting for season three but i i skipped over season two um <laughs> i don't even i don't know that i finished season one because i would i had a like a trial of paramount plus initially and like had blazed through a bunch, but I don't know if it had been, if season one had ended by the time my trial had ended. So entirely possible. And I think you binge watched the lower decks too, which I think was my oh, yeah. previously favorite oh, yeah. Star Wars, Star Tot Trek series of the modern era. Totally my favorite. <laughs> and I want season three of that to come out very, very soon. Like yes. And I will yesterday. just stay up until four watching it. Right. <laughs> um, maybe I'll just have to go watch seasons one and two again but uh picard season two uh for those of you who missed it like i did it is out not too many in the spoiler but this is all in the first episode there are borg and there is q mm -hmm. uh there and, are borg uh, in season one by the way 
There are Borg in season one. That's right. There's more Borg. Because <laughs> there's a defunct Borg cube in season one, right? Right. Which I think yeah. toward the end activates. But yes, I'm not that sounds about right. So yes, in any case, I've been, there's been so much good stuff to watch that um, I have not come back to Picard just yet because it's like, ooh, new Picard. Ooh, strange new worlds. Ooh. So, so you haven't watched all Boys. of season two yet, huh? I have not. I think I'm like okay. on episode three. There is a, I, I was not a super fan of the season one of Picard, so I I wasn't gonna like watch them all, but I heard that there was a, um, pretty big returning thing happening at the end of the season, of season mm. two. So I just watched the end of season two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I skipped the rest of it. Um, sorry, but, uh, I may go back and watch it now that I've watched all of season two, but it was, it was interesting. It was cool. It was cool. Cool. So what have you been up to? Um, so I mentioned it earlier that, that star Wars has kind of taken a back seat for a little bit. Um, we don't, uh, Tegan and I don't play very often. Uh, she's got a lot of stuff doing color guard and other stuff like that. So our time schedules don't always, uh, mesh. And so, we hadn't played Star Wars, Lego Star Wars for a while. And then I saw a, a, a game had come out on my wish list and they had added couch co-op for it. And I was like, oh, let's let's give that a try. Uh, it's called Nobody Saves the World. Um, and you are this white kind of clay like looking creature with with kind of big ears but empty hollows where eyes should be sort of thing um and you basically you look kind of like a homunculus or something like that and it's all done in a cartoony style um but it's made by the same people who made guacamole and uh tegan and i played guacamole years ago um and had a lot of fun with it and which is another reason why i decided that i would try and pick it up um, but it's, it's more of a top down and it, like when I initially started playing it, I was like, oh, this, this has strong vibes of Stardew Valley, except you shoot <laughs> things. Um, and, uh, so basically your character finds a magic wand and that magic wand allows you to shapeshift into other forms like a guard or a ranger or a horse or an egg or a slug, um, you know, all sorts of different stuff. And <laughs> as you, you start out, your first form is a rat. And you, so you go around and you gnaw on, on the monsters in more or less melee combat, uh, and you can poison them. And, and then as you, as you do these little micro quests, your, uh, shape-shifting ability levels up your form of that shape-shifting ability levels up. Uh, and you get access to more powers, you get access to more forms. Um, and the whole idea is, is there's this calamity sort of thing coming, uh, that had been sealed away. And now you have to find these shards to put it back together. But, um, and you're trying to find the big wizard who's missing. Um, and hopefully that wizard will come in and, and help you save the world. Um, but you also find out that you kind of are a creature of the calamity. So oh. that storyline wise should come in later. 
but it was it was a lot of fun doing couch co-op with it because um i played it solo for a little while and then uh we started and tegan and i started a new game and we it's fun because you can swap you can have multiple different forms on the screen at the same time instead of one person playing one character you have two characters and each one of those can be a different form with different different power sets that they've customized etc wow, it's just a cool. fun sort of casual sort of thing um if however if it's anything like guacamelee pretty soon <laughs> we will have to really really focus because uh guacamelee was like started out nice and simple and fun and then they added a power and then they added an ability and then they added a different jumping ability and 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 different moves <laughs> and, and different combos and stuff and so i have a feeling that sort of complexity is going to be being layered on um right now it's at a stage where we could still keep track of it if we set it down for a month and then came back to it um right whereas guacamelee was we sat it down for a month and came back to it and we went I don't know how to play anymore. <laughs> so, um, but that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, last week, uh, we didn't stream, um, which I think allowed us to really let go, but at the same time, <laughs> probably was good because it would have been a short stream compared to our normal, especially our normal gaming streams. Uh, we successfully heisted some black lotus or black orchid honey from uh, from both humans and a certain red shirt uh, wearing but legally distinct <laughs> roly poly bear. Um, uh, so we played honey heist. Uh, Ken wasn't able to make it, uh, and we had uh, uh, Josh's wife, Chris Miller, um, Aaron. Uh, and Chris Johnson, we all played. Am I forgetting anybody? I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Uh, and so we all played. We had fun. Um, and it was super frenetic and super crazy. Um, and I think we would have, we had a lot of fun. I think we would have more structured fun if we played it again. Uh, because we gotcha. know what to expect <laughs> and uh, like we didn't even use any flashback mechanics like that are supposed to be there of like us in a back room smoking and, and coming up with plans sort of thing. Um, right. It was all very much on the fly. My character, Aaron, Aaron said, hey, you're the unhinged face character. Why don't you play that unhinged face character? like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I could pull that off, but I will try. And just as a reminder, Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters was the assistant and he wasn't the brightest, brightest guy. And he would do things like rub his eyeballs and go, it's so loud in here. Um, and, and, and I can't do it properly cause I have lenses in my glasses, right? Instead, right. he sticks his fingers straight through the glasses because there's no lenses in his glasses, but he thinks they make him look cooler and smarter. So he wears, right, right. um, yeah, so it was, it was fun. It was, it was a hilarious, hilarious romp. Um, and, uh, 
nothing blew up, but it could have. Because because <laughs> that's, that's Winnie the well the legally distinct Roly Poly Bear uh, was a. Uh, was very Whiny upset that someone yeah, <laughs> was very upset that the black orchid honey had been stolen from him and was going to blow up the con. So, um, wow, that got dark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I prevented some of it by taking the, the dead man switch and jamming a jar of honey over, over his, um, his paw, at which point he started to lick all the honey. So yeah, it was, it was very, it was crazy. It was, it was a ton of fun. (laughs) So, uh, I think my last thing here before we start getting into our actual retrospective of season two is Obi-Wan, the Disney plus series. Um, I've been watching it. Uh, Aaron's been watching it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it was interesting because it mostly focuses right now on Obi-Wan's relationship and how she knew Obi-Wan. And um, a lot of people, there are some people who are really bent out of the shape that Obi-Wan was living on Tatooine, supposed to be looking over Luke, and yet he's off planet, like rescuing Leia and, and interacting with Leia. And I had that in that first episode. I kind of had that feeling. If you really remember A New Hope, Luke has no clue who old Ben is. Um, And you see that in the first episode is like Uncle Owen says, do not come near our farm. You are not welcome there. Uh, And... But at the same time, in Leia's message, it's like, you fought with my, you know, you know me, and you fought with my father in the Clone Wars. And it's like, right. well, of course, she has some knowledge of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, you know, could be taken as stories of, but right, totally can be, hey, I met you when I was a little kid. And and I like it. And, and the the... The actor, the young actor they have playing Leia um, and whoever is directing her is amazing because has a lot. Of, she's she's one, a good actor as a kid, which is oh, very, yeah, which fantastic. is rare, um, but also has a lot of mannerisms and the dialogue sounds like Leia. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Which is I, I, I love it. It's a good series. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I think she is a huge part of that. I think she just she's channeling Carrie Fisher. Yep. Um, it's it's good. I mean, I you know I get it a little bit, but you know what? It's Star Wars, and I'm having fun with it. And I really didn't want to watch six episodes of Obi Wan just like staring through macro binoculars at Luke. Right. I suppose he could spend the whole thing on Tatooine yet again, fighting off Inquisitors who might be like trying to track him down or something. But like, I'm cool with it. I think. I'm willing to uh, I like good Star Wars and I think this is good Star Wars. Yep. And I'm liking how they brought the Inquisitors in from um, from Rebels, from Rebels. I'm a little confused on the timeline. I (laughs) I need to go back and check that out. (laughs) No, no. uh, If you're if trying not to give spoilers, but if you're thinking about a particular Inquisitor who is in Rebels, 
which is yes, theoretically yes. after this series. Yes. I think that that Inquisitor is just fine. <laughs> like in the same way. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Darth what's Maul her name? Uh, yeah. In the same way, Darth Maul is just fine, af- you know, in 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 Rebels and stuff. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, hasn't I'm- shown up again yet, but but I, I think he's fine. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying like the post-traumatic stress. That sounds weird. I like how they're dealing with Obi-Wan and the consequences of uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, shows like The Clone Wars and Rebels and um, and now Obi-Wan are actually like redeeming the prequels. Like they're making them better than they have any right to be. (laughs) I think... Like, if we were to go back and watch the prequels, I don't know that we would really... Like, I kind of enjoyed them. Like, the the seeds of stories are good there. There's there's a lot of um, stuff in there that shows, like, after the Clone Wars, when the Empire becomes the Empire. Like, right. it's like the latest episode that I just watched. Um, it's starting to feel like what I would imagine the, the 1930s Nazi Germany would be like on certain certain planets. And that's, you know, it's a darker, like there's still a lot of lightheartedness, still a lot of, you know, um, original trilogy feel to it, but it's one of those things where there is going to be some darker stuff happening. Yes. Um, I don't think it'll get as dark as Rogue One, though. No, probably not. <laughs> but uh, we're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I think my I th- my daughter is currently in Germany, and I, I think that she intends to watch it from Germany. So we are we have a buy so that our, the rest of our family can watch it. But it's definitely a family event. Yep. Um, stay tuned for a future episode where we talk about Ms. Marvel, uh, which mm. just dropped. But I'm definitely not watching that one until my daughter comes home because uh, that is one of her favorite characters. And uh, Here's something I didn't realize that that just dropped, so I'm I'm gonna have to pick that up uh, or or watch it. But uh, Disney Plus does have, and I've never tried it. Um, if you go into Disney Plus, there's like a an icon with like three people on it. Ah, three, yeah, yeah. That you could, she would have to have Disney Plus as well, and you could, but you basically you send like an invite link, and it syncs up everything, and you could be in a zoom call as well to talk about it or something. I think, uh, I think that the time zones might kill us. <laughs> there's a, a bit Possibly. of a, she might have to be up really late if you started in the <laughs> evening. Yes. Yeah. She's off looking at castles and stuff. So sure. Um, that's probably better. Yes. Yes. She's having a blast, but, yeah. um, in any case, I'm looking forward to watching Miss Marvel when she comes back. Nice. Nice. So season two retrospective, the numbers that I have in our notes are up a little bit, um, but just for everybody out there, we have tens of listeners. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We've had ups and downs a little bit. You know, some episodes are better. Some episodes are, you know, I think some are found via Google and whatnot, uh, depending upon how how good we are at, at our search engine optimization. Uh, <laughs> Which SEO. we're working on. <laughs> uh, we're getting better on it. 
one of the things that I've been seeing on like the YouTube side of things is that uh, it seems like people are watching Scum and Villainy. Oh, Not cool. a ton of people, but like the people who are watching are watching for like two hours. So cool. Cool. Um, that's part of why we put this show out is for you guys to listen to and, and or watch. Um, yeah. And by guys, I mean all. I mean, you know. Yes, yes. Guys Everyone. is just something in my head that's gender neutral, but I know it's not. <laughs> I'll let you talk, Ken, while I look up this other piece of our our actual top three episodes. Gotcha. As of gotcha. today. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what we enjoyed. So I think the Scum and Villainy actual play was, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I, I, had, I had fun. I think it lasted the right number of episodes i probably could have you know we could have gone from like maybe another two but i think six was good for what we're trying to accomplish we were able to use downtime we were able to like really stretch the mechanic like learn the mechanics stretching the mechanics isn't really what we were doing we may have broken them in places but (laughs) because we didn't know what we were doing but overall i think scum and villainy did what i was hoping it would do which is it gave us lots of stuff to talk about it gave us something to play with our friends and um if folks happen to enjoy it on YouTube, all the better. Other things that we enjoyed were, uh, so did you have anything you wanted to say on Scum and Villainy or you're still pulling up numbers? No, I've got the numbers. So I was right. like, like I, I enjoyed the Scum and Villainy stuff um, a lot. Uh, it, you know, was it perfect? No, because we were all still learning the system. Part of my reason for wanting to do this podcast was, you know, reach out, talk to friends, but also have a semi-regular game all of this all of season one and season two have fit this bill um so i am very <laughs> pleased um and Indeed. and i we had a good time and i think our ending of scum and villainy was epic enough and cool enough for everybody that i think we would as a group get back together and and do another six or however many episodes that we want to do i agree it was it was it was uh literally a blast um <laughs> Yes. I don't want to spoil everybody for it, everyone for it, because we still have, I think, two more episodes to be released. And then the after the after show, if yes. I remember correctly, two more episodes slash edited. So I'm I'm about yes. a third of the way through, I think, of of this of episode five. So of we'll course, see. by the time this releases, everybody will be like, hey, but they've been out for weeks. And like, yeah. guys, this is how it works. And if you've been watching <laughs> us on Twitch, you probably saw those episodes, could have seen those episodes Indeed. Uh, Indeed. when they were live. Uh, so if you're watching right now, um, you know, you might have been some of those people that have actually seen it already. At some point, we'll have a completely meta episode like Spaceballs. We're like, when will now be now? Which I think we've made this joke before, but it's still funny. Now is now is now. <laughs> Yes. Now is now. <laughs> um, so it turns out that other than the total number of numbers, our top three are the top three that were the top okay. three back then. Number three are season season two. For some reason, it says season three here. Uh, <laughs> season oh. <laughs> season two, <laughs> episode seven uh, was talking about God Sent Agenda, the new edition of God Sent Agenda by Jerry Grayson and Capera Publishing. Um, and our interview with him, uh, that was a, that was a fun one. Um, oh, definitely. Our number two was improving games by stealing from others. That was episode three. Still stand by that. You know, if, if you, I was actually just listening to 
uh, a podcast that had Eloy Lasanta on it. He's another another game designer who did uh, his first game was Apocalypse Prevention Incorporated. Uh, oh, I remember he does, that. He does part time gods, um, and a, he's he's really prolific nowadays. His full time job is doing games now, uh, independently, which is cool. Like he was just talking about like how to run an adventure uh, sort of thing. And one of the ways to run an adventure in a game that you just picked up is to read the adventures of the game not necessarily run those things. But if you want to like run a game yourself uh, in the same thematic feel, you know, read the games that have been there and then liberally steal from them. We wanted to steal clocks from, from scum and villainy or blades in the dark for use everywhere else. Um, Cause right. they're just a really <laughs> cool mechanic and they lend a lot of tension and they give a lot of visibility into stuff and, you know, failing to pick a lock in D and D doesn't mean that you can't get like in older editions that you can't get through it until you gain another level. Um, it means <laughs> that you took so long that the guards know, you know, might be more alert that there's somebody here. So that was that was our number two. Our number one was our actually our episode two, which was uh, talking about scum and villainy, campaign planning, uh, our reading, which we talk about a lot, uh, <laughs> Animal Crossing, <laughs> and the Twilight Two Thousand box set. Um, is there anything from that that you wanted to that you enjoyed out of that one that you remember? Uh, you know, I think I, what I enjoyed out of that one was. Um, God, Twilight 2000, like, I enjoyed Twilight 2000 more before it became real. Um, yeah, yeah. But because this was by this was uh, November 22nd, 2021. So, like, right. This is so a, this was a couple older. months before the Ukraine and Russia stuff started happening. Yes, yes. We're all playing in a World War Three that never was. Uh, it's still cool. I mean, it's a great little box set, and someday I hope to play it with my friends from a nostalgia standpoint. But eh, it's maybe a little too soon. It's um, it's kind of like breaking out pandemic right now, the board game. Yeah, I mean, I think we're far enough into the pandemic, I might be able to get away with it. But yeah, um, but it's been know, like two years. It's not, been two not, years. Legacy is still sitting on that not, shelf right over there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not that it just started three months ago, you know, or so. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed like the prep work for Scum and Villainy. And I think that was and the, the talking about the possibilities of campaigns and the mechanics we were interested in, that we wanted to delve into. And I think it helped, you know, shape the kinds of things we wanted to do. And I think we actually executed on it. So I think that was really beneficial to have that conversation. I would look forward to doing that for other games that we played. Because mm -hmm. um, I think it was it was fun. And I think that was the whole point of wanting to run some sort of an actual play game was like, well, one of the many points, right? Obviously playing with friends and actually having a regular game. But, you know, kicking the tires on it, reading through stuff, brainstorming, stealing liberally from other things. And learning from things that we had done before, right? Like we've, we've, I think Brendlewood Bay, like for as much of a challenge as it gave us, I think was a very helpful game to play because I think it's helped yes. us with other things. I almost want to break out something like Brendlewood Bay or, or like Honey Heist was another one that we kind of learned from is like many of us are by default, no D and D. Um, even if we did a lot of role playing, you know, D and D is kind of the default for most of us having games where there's a lot more 
narrative control or a lot more, you know, role playing in general that is more system covered by the system is is very unusual uh, for most of us. You know, so like like I was I've already talked about it before in pa- in the past, but like grew up on D&D and Gamma World in college, played a fair amount of vampire because vampire, the, the first vampire, the masquerade came out back then. Right. Ran vampire and, and such. And we had a, a lot of fun. And then some Shadowrun mixed in there at some point. Vampire was very much a role playing game, but still not like a Brindlewood Bay role playing game. It was no. it was <laughs> right at the edge of it was still more what some people would call a trad game or a traditional game, um, role playing game. Um, but it was much more heavily weighted toward role playing in our group than D and D was. D and D still had to have its combat every night. Whereas, yes, whereas yes. Vampire, <laughs> I enjoyed, uh, I think we both enjoyed our, our interviews with our game designers and talking about their games. Um, yes, they happened to be uh, associated with Kickstarters, um, but we like, you know, boosting our, boosting our game designers, uh, boosting them up, especially since a lot of these are independently produced. So, yes, Definitely. Uh, I already talked about Godsend Agenda with Jerry Grayson and Capera Publishing. We also talked with Matt Forbeck, who is prolific in not only the games industry, but the video games industry and the book and writes books, etc. Um, he's one of the minds behind the new Marvel role-playing game that's out in uh, like playtest form out right now. Uh, yep. But he put an edition out for Shotguns and Shor- Sorcery which caught my eye because it was, well, it's shotguns <laughs> and sorcery. Um, and you're living on a volcano that is inhabited by a dragon who is your protector against all the undead that are trying to get in, get in and eat you. So, yeah, it's, I still haven't played it. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those that we need to pick up and play. But yes, just yes. talking about it with Matt Forbeck and and talking about the game and and how it came about uh, was was a lot of fun. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed that one. So uh, topics we enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed like talking about lunchtime gaming. Um, you know, it's funny we had we had moved into we we talked about doing a follow up on that at some point about like what it's like with like the the hybrid gaming during the pandemic, right? Um, or post pandemic because now a number of us are in the office and so we've kind of fallen back onto everybody being in their own office while we're doing it so i think interesting it, it, it's mostly about schedules i think it's just easy like you get back to your office and because so many of our things are already on video conferencing it's a little bit more effort to get up to the to the conference room to do it but i think i'm going to try and make that effort because i actually like seeing my friends in person um and, and we'll see how the hybrid stuff works out going forward but i was looking at this and i'm like we started i started doing this at work in 2010 that's just yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's 12 years ago, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I will say, uh, I I think you guys should try to do um, the lunchtime gaming, like in the in the conference room all together. Um, you know, obviously stay safe because COVID's still with us. But oh yes, at the same time, one of the reasons why I would like to have an in-person game again is. I'm on meetings a lot yes. in the same chair. Yes. So even just 
moving to a different room and even if it was on a video conference for some reason, but like moving to a different location and, and doing that, but sometimes just not being online. Um, yeah, there is a certain amount of, um, Luddite is the word that can't get gets thrown around, but it's not quite the accurate word. It's like, but it's just like, I just don't want to be around technology sometimes. Um, yeah. Or I want to be around more people, like not just like here on a screen. Uh, right. As much as right. I love it, I would love to be <laughs> with people as well. So right. I'm telling my inner 12 year old to get the hell outside. Yeah. Just like I'm telling my actual 15 year old that he will be going outside this summer and not playing video games because he just got out of school. Yeah. Um, and on that note, like it'll be a, it'll be interesting. I'll have a I'll report out after uh, after we do it. But one of my friends decided to have a, a small little game convention amongst um, amongst friends, like the, mm -hmm. the 10 of us or so that have been gaming for the last like, I don't know, I think I've been playing with him for like 20 years. <laughs> Separate from the, my Black Razor Guild group, right? Um, and he's pulling some people together to talk about um, to to play a little game and just bringing people back together. We're gonna I think we're gonna play Castles and Crusades and just like to reconnect in the real world because damn it, we'd like to reconnect in the real world. So he like reserves some rooms uh, at a local hotel and we're gonna game. Nice. So nice. like that's actually place. that's actually reminds me like like every so often uh, some friends of ours will get together. We used to go to Ravenwood Castle in Ohio mm -hmm, um, and mm -hmm. we game do different games. there, mostly board games, but with some role playing game stuff in there. But the the podcast uh, that Eloy Lasanto was on, um, Productivity Alchemy is the name of it. Um, and he but he was on there. Uh, and one of the things that they do, they, they were talking about the castle because um, the, the host of it is one of the people who often goes there as well. He was they were talking about uh what was what was it called? Um like condo con or something like that. They'll rent right. like a condominium for a weekend or something like that and have like 14 people show up and they'll just game. Um Yes, I want to so, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm I I was again tempted too to long. do something like that <laughs> as well. So um yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I unfortunately don't have lunchtime gaming and have to live vicariously through your, your stories. Um, Indeed. <laughs> but uh, uh, I hope it continues for another 12 years. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, how gaming changed during the pandemic and gaming with kids. Both I mentioned both of these uh, simultaneously because we got to reunite the old overlords. Yeah. Uh, you know, got to catch them all just like Pokemon only overlord edition. So we got to talk with Chris Miller about uh, gaming during the pandemic, which I thought was fun. Like we touched on some of the topics we've just been talking about um, and then gaming with kids with Chris Johnson, which I think it was it was cool for me to see how what his experience has been with gaming with kids and how it was similar and different from what I had done with my own. And of course, gaming with your kids so mm -hmm. um those are fun i think uh going back and listening to them again would be would be fun i don't know that i've actually I, I, I sampled them but i did not actually go back and listen to them yeah i i i know i listened to them because i edited the episode so um, <laughs> any any critiques uh feel free to throw at me um uh which we'll talk about on the stuff to work on portion right um but i will um uh, trying to remember his name out there i when we get to the stuff to work on i will have looked his name up again but thank you in advance for letting us know that there were some episodes that weren't perfect 
Yes. Um, yes, we appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the gaming with kids um, and the how gaming changed during the pandemic, those two episodes did inspire me to kind of get, uh, like, ask one more time. Uh, and so Tegan and a few of her friends, we actually did do... Um, we did do a D and D game and then we said, yeah, we only did the one D and D game and then <laughs> life got in the way. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then for the next three weeks, life is going to get in the way. So maybe in a month we'll have game number two, but it was an in-person game, which was also amazing. Um, wow. So nice. um, I used the TV and the Chromecast uh, along with the pixel book to throw Albear rodeo up on the, the TV in the living room oh, nice. and everybody sat on the couch and uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was very, it was different. Um, it reminded me of when I gamed as at, at their age of like 15 to 17 years old. And that also kind of leads into one of the other topics we enjoyed, which was like talking with the younger generation, which talking with my, my oldest daughter is lean. Who's two, two years older than Tegan how she how she games pretty much solely online the only time that she has gamed in person was when we're at a con like playing west end games star wars uh or or right. other games like that that she that she has signed up for and it's one of those things that there are still some similarities with how we game like the fact that the game never starts on time <laughs> hasn't changed <laughs> you know and and getting getting everybody once everybody is together there's still a, a decent amount of talk before the game actually starts um but the fact that she's they're all online on on discord and roll 20 they were kind of built for for doing that you know because mm -hmm. they've had that they're they're digital natives you know we grew right. up with it we know how all the technology works uh, right. And in some cases built some of it um, and or things like it. And but they've been users of it since they were very small. Um, and so it doesn't feel weird in some cases to just game online and not have an in-person game. Right. So. So stuff to work on. Yeah. Well, I said audio and I said I'd look it up, yeah. but then I was talking. <laughs> um, let's yeah, see. Well, while you, while you search, I'll talk. Uh, so part of the audio problems were my issues um, because I had some issues with my bandwidth. I think uh, I think it's better now. Um, figured out how to boost little things a little bit by hardwiring into the Arrow, which is my uh, mesh network. Mm -hmm. I got up here on the third floor on the other side of stack of comic book boxes right there um so i think that that has helped some at least especially on the group podcasts i think when we when we're doing the the actual play and there's six or six of us in the room it just my computer was clearly tanking yeah. and my bandwidth was clearly tanking yeah um and uh the other part was for some reason there was an interaction with the way that my my network tech storage uh, like I have a folder on my desktop that automatically syncs to it. And I think that that was causing when I was outputting to the MP3s, um, it was causing the writing of those, that output to like 
get locked as it's syncing. And so as the MP3 is being written to the drive, stuff got messed up. Um, but thank <laughs> you again to John, who pointed out multiple times, <laughs> multiple episodes, sometimes the same episode more than once because I thought I fixed it and then it didn't get fixed. Um, it, uh, but yeah, so now I turn off the syncing when I'm, when I'm writing the output out and I also double check it in, uh, like VLC media player. I, I hit play and I skip to a different, a few different portions, especially toward the end to make sure that the entire episode is there. But if for some reason the episode is not entirely there um, or is imperfect to your ears, let us know. Um, and we will try to be better. I will um, also thank Chris Miller, who has reported uh, some audio and or missing podcast episodes. Like, yes. I posted the post, but forgot to attach. Oh, the yeah. File. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was an issue where we forgot to attach the audio to the actual post. That was Apparently, you have to podcasting involves it doesn't involve an iPod anymore because those are dead. But like, right. you have to have a post and you you need to have content and you need to marry those two things together so that they actually go out to people. Right. Right. Um, We're learning. It's only been 20 years. The other stuff to work <laughs> on is uh, is we have videos of our episodes on YouTube. All of season one is up uh, and has been for a little while. It just has uh, kind of a static background with some waveform stuff to make it visually interesting, but it's basically just the audio. Um, and the second half of season two is being put up because that's the section that we've been streaming on Twitch and that we have full video for uh, and are comfortable with putting out video for. Once those are out and edited and up, I'm going to go back and do the season one sort of uh, treatment on the first half of season two, uh, which won't take too long, but I want to make sure that season two is out. Uh, so if you want to see us gaming for uh, our six episodes of Scum and Villainy, that will again be up there. Several episodes are already up, um, but that will be up on on YouTube in the nearish future and now. So, but you know, cool. time in the lair is always uh elastic <laughs> spaghetti um so but let's talk about what to look for in season three um yeah i'll actually kind of talk about that first this first topic which is gaming uh josh actually contacted me earlier today and said hey are we doing anything on thursday and i was like not right now but uh you know it sounds like he wants to do something <laughs> oh cool cool so um, either that or he just wanted to make sure that we were not doing something so he could schedule something. <laughs> One of those two things. I'm going to say he wanted to play. A Let's game. be optimistic. <laughs> he wanted to play a game. Um, but Spelljammer from D&D is coming. Uh, and that might be fun to play. Or at least yeah, you know, take a look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to order the box set. It comes out in August. I was just checking to make sure it wasn't out like now-ish or july-ish but sadly it is not coming out until august but i could see that being do you know when it's coming out gen con it will probably be a gen con <laughs> gen con august august is gen con that's you generally when uh like especially the the dnds type stuff comes out if there's like a big debut they want to debut it at gen con because so many people are at gen con they will buy it there Right. So 
Um, but I love some people were complaining like it's a box set. It's got like three smaller books inside of it. I'm like, that's great. I love it. I love it. I think I, I you know, it's, you can have a lot of overload like books that just have a huge amount of content in it. I have a ton of books. I don't have a ton of like D&D box sets anymore. So, I mean, I have the new yeah. starter sets, but whatever. I, I like the form factor. I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, and I think the setting could be interesting, especially like with, you know, some updating to make it um, a little more playable. Yeah. Um, I I think it's a little, a little more it from the very little I have seen of it. It appears to be a bit more serious than the original Spelljammer. Um, so like less giant space hamster and more, <laughs> uh, I don't know, more actual setting. Um, like Spelljammer kind of felt like a joke in some ways um, yes. or a joke setting. Um, and th- those have place a place. Paranoia oh, is an awesome game to, 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 uh, to like kill all the traitors and stumble through um, and have no clones left at the end of the game. <laughs> if you have, if you can end the game and the, all your clones just don't die. Um, right. You know, it's a, it's a great comedic game. Uh, I think that's kind of what Spelljammer was kind of aiming for initially. And it just, it just never caught with me, but for some yeah. reason I like it. There's like a nostalgia thing for it, even though I've never played it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, you know, it, it touched on so many different settings, too. Like, I think that was one of the, the, the criticisms or complaints that I had heard about the original Spelljammer run is they tried. You know, there were mm-hmm. eventually um, some books that tried to create its own canon. But a lot of times it was like gray space or realm space. Those were the supplements that you got and explore. It was like Greyhawk plus Spelljammer. I think as opposed they're to- still going to do that, though. I think it's still no. going to be like, hey, if you want to go to and they're they're re-releasing Dragonlance. Too. It's like, hey, you wanna um, you wanna go to Dragonlance, you can take a spell jammer and land in Dragonlance. Right. I don't know that so, I like that portion of it. I like I kinda like it being attached to one setting and mm-hmm. being at a different location in that setting. Uh, yeah, a different I would like, astral space sort of thing. I'd like Spelljammer to have its own weirdness and the opportunities yeah. to visit yeah. the worlds I know. I already yeah. know those worlds. And like so we got some cool moons out of it for Greyhawk, but Cool. You know, it wasn't like like um um Planescape is one of those things that is much a very like you can go to all these different realms, but there's there Planescapes is its own thing and yes, it's its own like I don't know. I, I also didn't play Planescape either, but it, it has a very <laughs> different feel than yes uh than Spelljammer did. Uh and it um, I think the other thing that interests me though is that Spelljammer has uh pulled in races from the old Star Frontiers. They yes. don't call them the same, um, <laughs> but the um the winged ape-like creatures are there, the Azarians, the Azarians, the the Drawl sites, which are basically the giant amoeboids. Um, you know, as far as I know, all of the alien races from the original box set of Star Frontiers wow. have, are in, like, there were only a few, but they're still in Spelljammer, um, which I thought was cool. Although they they I, haven't said that it's from Star Frontiers, so I don't I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll happily play some 5e we'll uh, rebranded Star Frontiers, sure, you know, since I didn't sure. actually get to play it, but um, I only played it twice. So yeah, yeah. So I, I could see Spelljammer being some fun. I mean, I'm curious to see what it looks like when it actually lands. I think that there's 
some interesting things you could do with it and um could be fun mm-hmm. in a strange new world sort of way mm-hmm. um i have a note down here a one shot or two um there's other games that i'm curious about playing and just like that you could probably do in a one shot like we obviously we've played fate before um but just like you know kick the tires kind of things like i've always wanted to try this okay well let's let's mm-hmm. see like you know i think we've done a lot of high stuff recently so maybe not fiasco maybe, but maybe, maybe not fiasco. fiasco maybe not another heist game <laughs> maybe um, we need to let that sit on the back burner for a little bit before we get back to heist games but you know i've got my uh monster of the week yep you know yeah, it, I was the challenge is like i was actually just looking at monster of the week as well um, Monster of the week. You know, Kids another on one. Another one might be good, which is uh, you know, like a one shot of God's End Agenda. Yeah, that um, could be cool. Would be would be pretty fun. Um, one thing I want to do, and it's on, it's the last thing on our list. But one thing I would like to do, especially if we if we say like, hey, let's give Brindlewood Bay another try or something like that, is yeah, I want to do improv for gamers. I don't know if we'll stream it because that could be kind of uncomfortable. Uh, for some yes. people like me, um, but I'd like to go through the improv for gamers, like second edition stuff. Um, Cause there's a lot of stuff in second editions for doing improv over video chat as well. And um, in fact, I'm trying to use one of the techniques that they mention in there, which is when you're listening to someone, you look at their picture, but when you're talking to them, you look into the camera. Um, and so uh, you know, I, there are things that I would have always wanted to be better at in terms of role-playing and improv and games like Brenda Wood Bay or, uh, or Honey Heist, uh, or a lot of these things that have a lot of narrative control by the players, mm-hmm. in my opinion, could only benefit from better skills doing improv even i'm not going to go on stage and do improv an improv show but i would like to be able to come up with things and and answers and better role-playing uh you know dialogue etc um in my games and i think improv would help me do that and i think that yeah yeah yeah. i completely agree and honestly i think coming off of coming out of the pandemic and actually going back into the real world maybe maybe this fall go to a real world game convention um i haven't like dm'd in front of a live studio audience (laughs) in a long time right like actual people at the table you know i think um hell i haven't run a regular weekly four-hour game in a year two years something like that mostly everybody else has been running stuff so yeah um yeah i think dusting off those improv skills would help as both a player and as a as a dm so yeah i'm 100% 100% with you, even if we don't like, I, and I think it'd be fine not to stream it, right? Like I could see like maybe doing a lessons learned episode with, uh, about, um, improv for gamers. And maybe we try out a technique or two or something like that. Um, if we thought there was something that was applicable to that, but like, I could just see bringing the group together to talk about improv for gamers, you know, yeah. as a, we did some stuff, we workshopped it and here's our thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, one thing that wasn't on here is like, I still want to do Dyson fall. Um, but I've been having yes. this real problem with like, like I have in my head what the world is like, but I don't know how to make that happen in a game. Um, mm. Like I don't see combat being a real big, I see exploration 
being more important than something like combat and role playing gotcha. being more important than something like combat. And I'm not really sure how to do that. Um, and so, and part of the thing is I just need to sit down and just write, um, which I haven't, haven't done, uh, enough. So, uh, we'll see about that. We'll see. Yeah. So I think we'll probably have some other sessions where we're like just you and me brainstorming what we want to do with the next season. You know, there's other stuff that we've talked about that who knows, maybe it'll actually come to fruition, but the key thing is we do want to do a season three because we're having fun. We do. We do. <laughs> Um, and, uh, definitely. And, uh, Ken, I think is going to take us out here, but, uh, pay real close attention to what Ken says, because the things that you can do in what Ken's about to say will affect season three. If you get us that feedback. That's true. The very, very, very true. We'll definitely try and get this episode out before season three begins so we can make uh, use of it. But we'll take your feedback at any time, which brings us to uh, thank you for listening. Uh, as we were just saying, we love feedback. You can send it to us at podcast at layerofsecrets.com or via Twitter at Layer of Secrets. We stream this live on Twitch. If you want to get your fix there early and unedited, we are twitch.tv slash Layer of Secrets. You can also visit LairofSecrets.com, of course, and leave us feedback, topic ideas, your own thoughts about what we're talking about, or just let us know that things are broken, because we always appreciate that. But we would also love feedback on what you'd like to see in Season 3. So it has been a pleasure uh, recording and like talking to folks this season. I look forward to doing more of it with Season 3. Yep. And uh, I would also like to say that Zeke and Zoe also appreciate you all. Um, I muted our recording Twitch stream on my, on my mic during most of that, but our dogs will sing you the songs of their people as we, as we exit. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> All right. See y'all later folks. <laughs> Thanks everybody.